0: the top people in synchronizing is similar to gymnastics Um, and diving as well as russia spain and china are mainly at the top
1: hey hey welcome to the up and becoming podcast a space for inspiring and empowering conversations for the dreamers creators and self-starters i'm your host kurt bingham and you're listening to episode 17 For today's episode, I am interviewing Francesca Owens. Francesca is an Olympian synchronized swimmer. She was at the London Olympics in 2012, and today she's continuing to perform as a synchronized swimmer, but she's also pursued um, a life in fine art photography. She makes the most stunning portraits of underwater performance photography. So we unpack that. We hear a little bit about... Uh, what the Olympics was like, what she learned pursuing that milestone and how she kind of landed to where she is today. I know that I learn a lot from her and I definitely believe that you will too. So enjoy today's episode with Francesca Owens. Well today I have Francesca with me uh, also known as Frankie and some other names that we discussed prior to (laughs) pressing record Um, but Francesca is a photographer fine art photographer and has a bit of an interesting story Um, but welcome Frankie.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) Also if you hear some horns in the background it is because uh, she's recording it from her car so we're just a you know you just have to figure it out sometimes you're just gonna have to you have to find the time that works
0: yes um, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's it's been cool um friend Frankie I feel like I'll call you Frankie because I feel like Francesca is yeah. like, <laughs> so long um the first question I like to ask everyone is who they wanted to become when they were a kid
0: hmm Okay, so I know I've had some time to think about this. So I always wanted to be a policewoman. Seems totally left of field. But I was obsessed with following the rules, especially when I was younger and in training with Synchro. Um, I would always get very annoyed if any of the other girls like wouldn't like they would miss a lap or would do something competitive and they weren't following the right guidelines. So I'd always I'd always be the one telling my sisters off if they were doing something wrong or if they hadn't done their homework. So I always wanted to be a policewoman. Don't know why. Wow. Now I would not think of anything else worse. But Yeah, so a policewoman was my little girl dream and then that kind of changed over the years that I wanted to be a veterinary nurse because um, I loved animals and I thought it would be great caring for them. So then, that led to me studying nursing for a year when I got out of uni, but that changed course as well.
1: Yeah! Wow. So, yeah, I love to, I love how you say synchro. for For those that don't know, um, would you mind telling us a little bit about uh, synchronized swimming? What synchro because, is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what sure. synchro it is? Because um, yeah. I will, they will have heard this in the the intro, but um, Francesca was a synchronized swimmer for. Uh, a big time of her many years yeah many years yeah
0: yeah many 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 years so yeah so synchro is another term for synchronized swimming and it's now been renamed recently artistic swimming so most people think of it as like you know maybe flashing back to like the 1950s with you know the flower caps and the one-piece bathers I feel like everyone kind of like I think of that that 100%. I think Wes Anderson or
1: like some really cinematic film.
0: Yeah, like Esther Williams was like the big Hollywood glamour back in the day. So she was like the first icon that kind of introduced Synchronized Swimming into the um, public eye and really the film industry. So yeah, she was a a huge role model for me. Um, But yeah, I was introduced to Synchronized Swimming when I was around eight. Um and yeah, so it's you can do team events, solo events, duet events. They've also reintroduced male synchronizements, so you can see duets with the male and female doing routines as well. Um yeah, so first introduced doing it when I was eight years old and then kind of the rest is history.
1: Yeah, and the history. We're gonna hear a little bit about the history today. (laughs) Yes. Um, But so was that a side thing, synchronized swimming for you? Um was that something that was kind of like on the side of school and on the side of uh maybe university yeah. or was that like the focus growing up? It was
0: it was the focus growing up. I was doing so me and my two older sisters were into dance a lot and then um we're all very artistic. Um so then we're doing dance and then my mum found a local swimming club because she was obsessed with one in the UK because they're from the UK so we found one um in Brisbane and we're kind of just doing that with our dance lessons out of school and then we kind of fell in love with synchro and drop dance and then kind of went synchro full-time not full-time but obviously we're training probably like four days a week
1: um
0: so then I was pretty competitive I got selected I think in year 12 to go overseas and compete um so I did that and then when I came back I kind of figured I needed a little bit of a break so I had about two years off when I was doing uni and then I came back and then I really missed being in the water so then I came back into it and then um went into full-on training mode again and then kind of went back and built up from there and then got selected for the Olympics so yeah I had a bit of time off there to, to focus on um to focus on uni which was good
1: yeah I I'm just so baffled that you know you actually went to the Olympics
0: <laughs> I know Thank you. that's
1: crazy it's Thanks. it's amazing it's an amazing achievement yeah. um thank you but to think to think that something that we grow up with um something that we're just passionate about we can land onto the world stage at such a level is so like intriguing to me um did you was that kind of a dream that you ever had or were you ever thinking, oh, I'd love to do this for the Olympics one day? Um,
0: I always had the dream of making the Australian team
1: yeah. and
0: um, competing overseas for it. And the Olympics kind of came into the picture probably later on. It was more so making that Australian team was that big dream for me and an Olympic dream came came from that. So, um, Yeah. Definitely yeah. something that is amazing to have. It, it feels like a lifetime ago, 2012, um, yeah. but memories that I'll always have, yeah.
1: Of course, and that was the London Olympics. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, such it was, a cool little tie-in because your mum found that school was, from the UK yeah. and you ended up doing Olympics in London. Yeah. So who knew? Yeah. Very Very interesting.
0: Everyone was so lovely. Like all of the volunteers there. I remember this one gentleman. His name was Neville. He was the best. Just a Neville. volunteer, was super happy. Yeah. Every time we'll go to like get Harry the bus to go to training pool, <laughs> he would just be like biggest smile on his face, and everyone is was in like such high spirits throughout the games. And um, yeah, it was it was a great time. My nan from Wales came down, and yeah, it was it was really nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and if you could speak like to. Maybe just during that time of training really hard and and focusing on, you know, you took that two year gap. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you probably would have thought about reassessed. Is this something that mm-hmm. I really love? Because I know for me, mm-hmm. when I was pursuing cricket, like as a teenager, um, I like I thought I wanted to play that like that game for the rest of my life. Like that was the focus: cricket, mm-hmm. physio. Um, Mm -hmm. and that didn't, that kind of didn't happen when I had a lot, I had this like big space to think about if I wanted to do it. And I just realized it wasn't really for me. It wasn't actually what I wanted to do with my life. Did Mm -hmm. you go through a little bit of that, um, prior to going back into training?
0: Definitely. Um, yes, that's why I had that break because I think you get so consumed with one sport that you kind of start to lack other areas of development within your life and that was one thing that my parents said to me they said I think it might be good for you to have a break just to experience um other things that you do enjoy and that was definitely a like a critical um you know um development stage for me as well just to experience friends outside of the sport and actually thinking if synchro wasn't in my life what would I be doing so, um, and especially cause it's not a sport that you can live off. It's very hard when you go back into it, you have to be working yeah, as well. You really get grants, Yeah. You get grants from the, um, from the government to kind of help you towards, um, the, the end point, but that's only when you're selected on the team. So it's, it is, it was also hard for, um, like it is with any, any sport that isn't heavily funded for the parents as well to be paying most of the way for the, for, for the children as well. But um yeah. yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't um, regret regret sorry having that time off I think that yeah. was definitely um yeah yeah learned Beautiful. some things throughout yeah taking yeah. a we break never,
1: yeah we never truly think about um, the weight that it has on our families you know until we get a bit older I've thought about I that thought about how much. My family invested in school and and every sport I played. Like I played everything, yeah. and I and like looking at, even as an adult now, wanting to play a sport and how much money it is. Yeah. It's like I know, and wow. like how
0: they'll drive you everywhere. It's like crazy. Oh, 6 a.m. swim class, no worries, and they are always random places. I'm sure, like with your parents driving you everywhere, to cricket training as yeah, well. I swimming, like,
1: I was swimming and cricket. Like so early swimming yeah. training, cricket, and then- crazy soccer basketball (laughs) I played everything I
0: know oh God! you just have to brace yourself when you have children to think that you're gonna have to do the same thing
1: (laughs) yeah but I think the beautiful thing about my parents is that they just like they love to see me they love to see me happy they love to see me doing um yeah what I love and and I think that that's still I'm still incredibly grateful for that but Mm -hmm. if if we talk like could speak about a little bit about the olympics What when you when you got into that and you know you got selected and that obviously is a dream come true, but can you paint a bit of a picture that kind of season or that kind of time when you did actually step into the Olympics and you're you're there, you're at the stadium, you're it's you know how are you feeling? What are you thinking?
0: It was definitely a stressful time. I remember the phone call where I was exact like how I was feeling when I got the phone call up to say I got I made the team um and obviously like beyond excited and happy and fortunate for what's been and what's to come um the olympics itself was very um do you know when you have a, an image of how you think it was going to go it kind yeah. of went opposite it was um oh, wow. so we had we had Steve War as our mentor so he was there kind of um, shadowing everything and it was lovely to have him there um but it was a very stressful time we we swam I think it was the third day at the very end of the game so we're kind of training you saw all the athletes like compete and then relax and it was like oh no we're still going but um it was it was lovely it was everything was heightened so the stress was heightened the excitement was, was heightened everything was kind of um yeah, magnified quite a lot. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. closing ceremony, was, uh... opening ceremony. It was actually lovely. We got to go to the opening ceremony because of. Um,
1: and you got to walk, little... of course.
0: Yeah, so I got to walk. Both it's crazy. Of them. So yeah, wow. actually, the funny thing is, you walk out and you think, "Oh my god, is anyone here?" Because you can't actually. It's just. A, Of black you can't actually see anyone so it kind of feels like you're walking around and you're like um is anyone here like it was really weird
1: wow but it was
0: yeah it was really fun um I remember the closing ceremony the first thing some of me and the girls did was race back to McDonald's food tent and just order so much of the McDonald's because (laughs) we obviously couldn't have have it throughout the time we were there and as soon as we finish, we're like, "That's our reward." What was your McDonald's.
1: What was your McDonald's decision? What did you? I think, I had, you I, think oh, I had a Big
0: Mac. I think I had a staple. Big Mac and bulk fries. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I often get the fries without salt, so then they're fresh, <laughs> and then I add oh, salt. Oh,
0: <laughs> that is good. McDonald's is good are always little, soggy. Little um, they. That,
1: <laughs> yeah, but I guess it was. What was kind of the highlight of that 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 time? Was there a moment where you maybe watched someone that inspired you or or uh, you know, is there anything yes. that stand out in your mind?
0: I loved, I was obsessed. I probably shouldn't say obsessed, but I was um ob- I loved the Spanish team and duet. Their routine was amazing. So the the top people in synchronizing is similar to gymnastics, um, and diving as well is Russia. Spain and China are mainly at the top Um, and we were lucky to make the finals but unfortunately we were wanting to beat a team and we didn't beat them but obviously still lovely to be there and such an amazing opportunity and goal to reach Um, but I think one of the highlights is seeing the Spanish team and I had this amazing routine that I'll never forget as well Um, but yeah just seeing the other teams as well and the you know the level of athleticism that's put into it and also like just the art of the synchronized swimming i think is something that i um like you said before where you kind of step back and reassess everything definitely after the olympics i think that's where i started to really um take a moment and really appreciate the sport for what it is because when you're in it and you're so driven and you're you know you're getting um, you're with all these other girls and you're trying to do your best to your ability all the time. You kind of don't really have a moment to kind of appreciate the art of the sport. So I think that's what I really find coming back home from the Olympics. um, I really miss being in the water, but I think it was more so expressing myself and my feelings towards the sport in a different form of um, art, which I've always been practicing anyway. So um,
1: that's incredibly interesting. I I think even with synchronized swimming for those that haven't actually watched it it's out of this world but it it just it doesn't even seem like the water's there like when you I
0: watch. know I know it's like yeah.
1: you, mo- you're moving through the water I don't know like it's it's like this you're on ground it's weird I can't even just a, a treading. your legs <laughs> your
0: legs are doing bit doing crazy egg beater underneath but um yeah yeah there's a lot that goes into it which is there yeah, have to be a lot of what,
1: ab work, I think. Hey, you don't have to have a lot of core strength and leg strength.
0: Yeah, so we did a lot of we did a lot of um, um, strength training outside of the pool. We did gymnastics as well. We did dance. And we did a lot of lap training, like just heaps and heaps of laps um, and drill training, of course, and being in the water with weighted ankles as well and weights around mm. your stomach. So it kind of makes you – so when you take that off, you kind of feel like you're flying because you can get so much higher out of the pool. So that was a big um, – portion of the training before the Olympics was the weight training when you're in the pool. So you'll have your um, ankles strapped and then you'll just have weight togs where the weights are sewn into your togs. Um,
1: That's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, so, yeah, not, not very helpful for casual swimming, but training for sure. <laughs> it's a very niche market.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: So you, you went to the Olympics you know, you you didn't win as such, but I guess for for many that do attend the Olympics, they they leave with such. I think a lot of them can leave with gratitude. I guess for some people, they've they might may feel like they felt a bit defeated. Did what kind of feeling did you leave with um, from the Olympics?
0: I think I felt. See, so this is what I. So I think sometimes I do feel uncomfortable talking about it because yeah, it wasn't everything that I had pictured it would be. And, um, so there was definitely an element of defeat there, a bit of, um, a little bit of regret, but also super honored to be there. So there's a bit of those mixed feelings and all of athletes have the same thing because obviously you have everything that's worked up in your mind and then it gets to the day and then, you know, it's not as you had imagined. Um, but I think, from that looking back I've had a lot of time to look back and I think I wouldn't be where I was now I don't think I would have delved into the photography world as much as I have to kind of showcase my feelings for the sport if I didn't experience those feelings at the Olympics
1: yeah and I think even speaking to your work today um you know for those that haven't seen uh, Francesca's work Frankie's work uh, she is uh like, I guess you'd say a fine art photographer. Um, would that be the term you'd use?
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah. and
0: Hopefully. I would love what, to be that. Like, you know, yeah. 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 yeah, well,
1: I would say you are, for sure. If You, yeah. if, you know, because she's got these big works in homes of, you know, swimmers, under, like swimmers underwater, um, and you're using that same style and that same um, performance, artistic ability that you learn in synchro Synchronized mm-hmm. swimming, um, mm-hmm. which it's, it I think it's beautiful that we can take such an experience and then apply it to our creative expression. And you've done that mm-hmm. so well. Um, to see your work, you. it's just yeah. It, it, uh, I think I don't know how I actually connected with you, but I think it may be an Instagram I, I started following.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Just because
1: yeah. we're obsessed with the ocean, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> we all find each other somehow like most of the people <laughs> i follow are just ocean photographers
0: um, i know how nice is it though yeah just fine yeah. yeah i think that's the thing is it's so important to have people behind you and connect with people that you know have different views you shoot differently but you all share, share that same passion and i think that's also where when it comes back to after the olympics how i started shooting i just got yeah. a film camera and i really missed oh,
1: look, i I've don't got tell mine. No oh,
0: mind. there
1: you Little go. Well, A1 <laughs> Canon. How long so have you good. had that for? I actually got her. To, uh, <laughs> I got her at the start, of, like um, in April. It's like my COVID um, kind of project, and oh. I fell in love. Oh
0: yes. I remember because yeah. you sent those um, the black and whites through to me of yeah. the Bronte pool. Yeah, I love yeah. those. They were they were beautiful.
1: And now it's like um, I only want to shoot film. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: I know. Well, that's how I, I loved shooting it underwater because I was like, well, I can't afford a housing,
1: mm. so I got
0: in a Coronas V and I loved it. I even love oh, the look of man. it, and it was just really really fun. And it was with my teammates, and it was just a totally different spin on being in a competitive space. So the competitive pool totally transformed in my mind to like, cause I used yeah. to see a pool like and smell chlorine almost. and feel. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I would, all, I still do go to a pool and smell chlorine and I feel nervous. Cause it's just ingrained in your psyche. I feel for so long. So it's really. I actually feel that uh, as
1: well. That's crazy. Sorry. That's yeah. just like a triggered.
0: Oh, all, all the time yeah. I'm like, Oh, I feel like sick in the stomach. It's like crazy.
1: I've thrown up a few times after my swims, like,
0: <laughs> like oh gosh, you are know, so probably like
1: <laughs> well, because I like I don't know what it is. When I'm in the water, I just like I leave nothing. Like I just and I yeah. come to the end of races and just being so lightheaded. Um
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy.
1: Anyway, sorry. Well, it's hopefully you don't get distracted by chlorine <laughs> out here. <laughs>
0: Um, I forgot what I was saying. Sorry.
1: Sorry. I apologize. (laughs) No,
0: no, no, no. It was just just me transforming the um, competitive space into a space of letting go. And, um, yeah, shooting underwater with my teammates is quite therapeutic for me because I was, yeah, trying to um, transform that competitive side that I left behind to another realm. So, yeah, it was a really, really nice time and I was really lucky to have the models that I did because the girls that I used to swim with. And they enjoyed it too, so they got, you know, um, they enjoyed being in front of the camera and I decided doing some prints from friends saying I'd love that to have that in my home and I never would have thought to ha- print it in a tangible form. It was, it was, I think, initially just a form of therapy and creative outlet for me and um, it kind of went on from there. So,
1: And did that become your, in a way, your full-time gig or are you, I also saw that you, um, with Chic, um, like you were doing a bit of modelling as well.
0: Yeah, I've always done a bit of modeling and like TV work, more so like TV commercials. And I think that comes through from the performance side of synchro. Like if I go into a casting, I turn into an alter ego. Like I come out, I'm like, I don't know who that was. I'm like, that was really weird. And I think that's when like when you're in competition mode, you're super nervous and then all of a sudden you've got this bright smile on your face and you're like have to act super confident when inside, you're like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" Like, so I think that came through. I used to like, if I did like a TV commercial with you remember Susie O'Neill
1: at yeah. Ch- like
0: this lo- local pool in Brisbane. So I did like when I was like ten, I was doing commercials, just like more in the sports kind of realm. And then that kind of like transformed a bit as I got older. So I've always kind of done that side of things as well, which I really enjoy too. I kind of feel that that brings you always learn creatively as well when you're getting directed by different people. And I kind of try and bring that into my own. Yeah. You just
1: too. absorb it. Hey, when you're in those atmospheres, it's why I wanted yeah. to, it's why I wanted to just be on some film sets. Like um, yes. when I was going to move, you know, when I was moving to New York, I just thought if I can just get there, if I can just be around the people, I think that I'll be able to figure out what I really love to do um, within that oh my God. atmosphere. And that's still a dream yeah. of mine, but, um, yeah it's it's crazy that you can be not that like I wasn't a photographer before but I started doing marketing and then started mm-hmm. taking photos and just fell into photography as I think a lot of people do and I'm thankful that I did that way but it's funny how things just capture us and they just take us like photography yeah. has um, Yeah
0: Well, that's perfect how you did marketing first and then fell into photography because I feel like so many photographers are really bad at marketing. So then you kind of yeah,
1: (laughs) even you saying you're feeling a bit nervous about talking about yourself. I think that's most people, Um, and I still find that I'm very good at helping, very good at helping other people present their message. But I really do struggle to, um, yeah, market myself and. Some people don't. Some people are like, nah, you're, you're always marketing yourself. But really, like, it just doesn't feel right. It always feels icky, but you just have to push through yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's totally true. Otherwise, totally you're going to no, have
1: no food on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but, yeah. like, when you stepped out of Olympics, you started shooting underwater photography. Did you decide yes. this is not for me anymore? I'm not going to do synchronised swimming? Was that kind of a turning point for you?
0: No, because I... No. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> no. <laughs> definitely competitive side, but I was, was still doing shows, so still going, okay. sh- doing shows, and t- like did a TV commercial for Telstra. So I was still in that realm of that performance world. So just okay. not so not definitely left the competitive side behind, but still, were tra- still was traveling for shows. So we'll go to like Macau and Singapore, and you know do like corporate events. And um, still to this day, I double a bit in the shows. Um, recently, went to. Oh, Palm so you still doing synchronized swimming? Yeah, show oh, cool. show wise. Sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll still get into the pool. Um, I think the latest gig that we did was at House in House. So that was um, that's in Cabarita. So that was probably a year ago now. Um, but yeah, definitely left the competitive side behind, and then embraced the more artistic side of it. Oh, beautiful. which is um yeah which so is if you
1: were if you were to kind of summarize what you do today you're still doing shows um is fine art photography kind of your main focus like what what kind yes. of encompasses your time yeah
0: um definitely fine art photography is definitely my main um main focus so i wish it sounded more glamorous but
1: When I first (laughs) started
0: doing underwater, like shooting on film, I was working after the Olympics, I went to work for a restaurant and I was doing a lot of food photography. Um, And then I was shooting for them for probably like a year and a bit. And then I went to India for a holiday and my boss was kind of like, we need you to do, because I went back to four days a week to try and focus more on my own business of photography. But then he said, oh, we need you to come back to five times a week. We're opening up a new venue. And something in my gut was like, and I was in India, so I'm like, I'm following all of my guts. Like, I'm just, you know. Yeah, India does that. (laughs) Travel does that. Yeah. So it was a perfect time for me to make the decision of, no, I'm not going to go back. Um, This is the time when I have to close that door and take the leap on doing my own business. So then from 2013, maybe yeah side of 14 i started doing my own business but i don't get paid to shoot underwater i still just shoot what i kind of feel and i i still like that model that i'm working with because i feel it allows me a lot more creative process and freedom um and if people like it they'll pick it up as prints and if they don't then that's okay as well um so it's definitely my main focus it's just everything worth having takes time and um yeah, it's 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 building, which is the main thing that I'm that I'm wanting, and making connections with um, interior designers that I love their aesthetic and vice versa. So really important, like making those connections with people, and um, yeah, having um, respect for what you do and putting it out there, and having a great product product is very important as well. So I'm always learning, like
1: yeah, yeah, always if, learning,
0: and I've got a long way to go, but enjoying the process.
1: Well, if we if we talked about the product. Um, for a moment like with how you present your work is there because this is something that I'm currently working on you know printing fine art photography uh how how are you like how are you printing it do you have a paper that you love do you have a a certain color of frame um is there a, a you know a particular glass you're using
0: so at the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't know. So I got signed with an agent to begin with who really liked sure. my work. So I was very lucky in, in that respect. So they kind of took the reins on what kind of um, paper I should be printing on or, you know, what for best works with their clientele. So they were doing a lot of fine art rag paper um, with a bit of a texture in it as well. So that kind of came off as a very matte finish and I kind of liked the, the look that it gave because I also printed a lot of metallic, which was really great for black and whites because it yeah. brought out okay. the contrast and it kind of made it look a bit wet. Um, but then for some of my other work that was more saturated, I really didn't like that kind of gloss effect. Yeah, because it um, looks so a I'm bit still, like
1: too saturated. It feels like it's going to bleed yeah,
0: off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I kind of like that more raw, um, raw finish on my work. So I'm still going with a fine art cotton rag paper. Yeah, cool. Um, but in saying that, I am meeting with some framers after this to kind of think of some more finishes and even maybe printing on silk. Nice. So, yeah, yeah um, which I think <laughs> will go hand in hand with, um, with my work. But that's that's in the phases of, you know, just trial and error and kind Did of seeing how that looks.
1: Yeah, did your agent help you price as well? Because I know that that is a massive challenge for artists and and photographers.
0: Huge challenge and I still face it. I think everyone is, you're always going to be second guessing or thinking that you've got to rejig the pricing. And um, yeah, they did. They did. They they helped me. And then, but then as you grow as an artist as well, I think you value yourself more. So then you have to kind of renegotiate what you think your price point can be. so yeah, I'm still in the in the midst of kind of working that out myself. And
1: yeah, because you only print big of, as well. You print very big. Yeah,
0: prints. yeah. And I wish I had all the answers, but I'm thinking of no, releasing some smaller good. prints for Christmas for a, uh, at a lower price point. But I think my pieces lend themselves to statement pieces in the home. And I only found this out because at the beginning days I was offering smaller scale prints, but no one was buying them. So then they're always going for the largest, larger format. So I kind of just kind of went with that and I'll be aiming to just mainly go larger, but then maybe throughout Christmas offering some smaller um, sizes for people for gifts.
1: Yeah. I find that even, you know, that getting, I'm really new in, in this um, in this space, like in the fine arts space, but I find mm. a lot of my clients that are interested want A3 or bigger. Um, yeah and that's that's actually really helpful for me because I that's how I envision it I, I think and I love how you said statement pieces because yeah when I when I think about a home and I think about how I'd walk through that and the journey of that I think mm-hmm. about how I, if it's the small prints you'd probably have to have a series you mm-hmm. know? but if a print is standing like a alone yeah exactly yeah. yeah or if it's standing alone by itself. I think it does need to be bigger. It does need to be a bit of a statement piece <clears throat> unless you're putting it in your bathroom or something, you know?
0: Yeah, so definitely. It's good to think about that. That. <clears throat> that comes I don't know, this might be helpful for you, but comes back to um thinking about who your avatar is, like thinking about who your ideal customer is. And that that really helped me in the way that I want to try and market my work and who I want the end it will probably help with pricing as well because You want your work to be in a home where people really value it and it could be a conversation topic rather than, you know, they just buy it because of the price point or it's cheap and then it kind of never gets, you know, seen again. So I think if you put that into, if you think of your ideal avatar, that customer, that endpoint, and you think about their home, you think about what they like to do in the weekends, I would love my avatar to have people always over so they're always entertaining people they're quite minimalistic in what they have in their home, but what they do have, they really admire and look after and respect. Um,
1: yeah. We so sound yeah, I similar. found that a
0: really, really interesting exercise to do and it made my yeah, thought process quite clear um, in in marketing, I'll say marketing, but in like in sharing and, you know, ha- how I kind of um, portray my work as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's actually really beautiful, and that's really helpful for any um, anyone you know listening. Think about who you're wanting to serve. Think about that ideal person, and and create that narrative, mm-hmm. create that story. I find that a lot of the work that I shoot um, came back to that. It's just because I love it, and I want to yep. attract people that are similar to me. Like I love, yeah, I go to the exactly. beach. I'm at the beach every day. I love the coast. The people I talk to love love the coast and even the, the weddings that I shoot people are normally attached to the ocean that are attached to nature yeah. so that's that's exactly who I want to attract. So I just think would I like this? Would I put this on my wall? If I think yes mm-hmm. then like that's usually what leads yeah. me to, to print it. Yeah
0: exactly. Um yeah.
1: so that's yeah, I go. think helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am my avatar. <laughs>
0: yeah you are Yeah, avatar. <laughs>
1: um but if you could share a little bit about your creative process when you are shooting, um, these underwater, I guess, pitches in my mind, mm-hmm. it's almost like a ballerina, you know, underwater. It's not, but it's, it's just got this, um, this weightlessness. I don't know, obviously cause that's what it does, but
0: you know, <laughs> what, what are you, you thinking
1: about when you are, um, shooting and, and you're, are you working on any projects right now? Um, that you could give us a little sneak peek in too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so my creative process, I think, and I didn't realize I was doing this, but it was trying to capture everything that I didn't feel when I was in the water competing, like when I was training. So when you're training, you're always listening to the music, you're on the beat. It's everything's manic underwater. Like you've got your goggles off and there's like, you know, there's like legs everywhere and there's girls everywhere. You're like, sometimes you're kicking each other, you know, some it's, it's, very manic underwater so I think at the beginning I really wanted to totally shoot opposite and kind of encompass the the feeling of the nice feelings I got when I was in competitive training was at times feeling at ease like when you're doing unders of laps of the pool like you're in your your own world and you kind of feel like um anything is possible like you're weightless like you said and um so when I first started shooting I was definitely trying to um showcase those feelings whereas i didn't know it at first but that was my direction was with the models is to be in your own world i just want to capture you as you are and i kind of hit the shutter when i could see those moments in the female form that i found were attractive and kind of um made me have a bit of um light up inside and um yes yeah, yeah. so i think definitely it's more of the peacefulness escapism but anything's free so keeping so always tying in with um that imagination of um, I'm always striving for better as well. So kind of like thinking anything's possible. If you've got a dream, I think you can slowly work at it. Um, It will come happen. It will happen. So, um, Yeah. yeah, I think always just trying to capture that peaceful feeling um, and I've always got. I did a recent series uh, where I photographed a twin, and it was to do with like this self isolation, so kind of working through the process of enjoying your own company as well. So when you're underwater, it is just you and you and yourself, pretty much just being there, and it is quite confronting as well at times because you don't have any outside world to kind of distract you. So I, I really enjoyed shooting that with um, a synchronised swimmer that was from Britain, and she was amazing to shoot. Um, so we kind of were wanting to work on shadow play, which is what I'm to, which is where I'm going to be yeah. testing a bit more on. I really was wanting to do shadow play on the bottom of the pool, um, and kind of like speaking to yourself and kind of working through things, um, inside you, but in a performance way. But the day that we shot was overcast. It was raining. It totally didn't go to plan, but, um, it, I still really loved the series, but I still want to, um. Yeah. Work on that shadow play concept. Have you printed one of those? As well.
1: Is one of those up for print?
0: I haven't done any, done any prints on that yet, um, but yeah, I have. I have shared them on social media, and they got a nice response. It was definitely a more um, personal series, which I really enjoyed because I got to know Genevieve's story as well a lot. Um, so that was really a really nice process for me too.
1: Yeah, that's the most beautiful part: getting to connect the who are the people that you're creating
0: with I think if we don't get to do that
1: then kind of loses its beauty you know otherwise we're we're just trying to sell everything you know and and that's not the goal I think as artists where we just want to keep making things
0: yeah exactly and I think you said you've got a similar background with studying photojournalism so that's definitely like I love to curate I love to like direct to a point have a vision but then kind of leave it and then see what happens underwater and um yeah you definitely don't want to be um having full reins of the full shoot because then there's no space for I think the magic to happen
1: yeah I, I even I think of because I did so I did uh social entrepreneurship um and all of my sub because I was just like really falling love is- with photography sorry What's sorry, what a,
0: does that mean? Social. So,
1: so <laughs> social enterprise is um, like thank you. Uh, do you know? Thank you, the brand, like the thank you water, the body product. Yes,
0: yes. Sorry, yes. So,
1: thank you is a for-profit organization that works to abolish poverty. You know, so they mm-hmm. they're in amongst the the big dogs. They're not a charity. Yeah. They they're using mm-hmm. their, their profit though, and they're giving a percentage mm-hmm. of it to um aid say like water projects or or health mm-hmm. um I think who gives a crap does that they build
0: yes you yeah. know
1: so like that kind of idea that kind of business model is what I was studying because I was really interested in um maybe starting my own social enterprise at the time uh mm-hmm. it was yeah I went from physio to medicine to then realizing I loved business to being like maybe I could help more people if I was in business and then funny enough I'm a photographer but who knows? Oh my god. <laughs> like I think I still will do something one day um yeah. within that sphere. But I think me I love to mobilize a lot of people um mm-hmm. for, to help others. So that was kind of what I was focusing on. But I did all of my electives as on photography. So I did photo essay, you know, and that's uh, kind of where
0: yes. It wasn't
1: my major, but it it it, it made me fall in love with um I guess the process, and I I, mm-hmm. I followed around a few like fashion designers at the time because that's what I was interested in at the time, and um, and I just pro- I just took photos of how they like from grabbing their keys to walk to their car to
0: yeah turning on the
1: machines to you know setting up their tools and and that was like such an interesting time for me it's, it was so fun and I was just like how can this be so fun. I'm just yeah. following people around, and I think it's come full yeah. circle because now I'm doing a podcast, yeah. and I'm thinking yeah. about doing that again, but getting to interview them. Um,
0: yeah, so,
1: yeah, it's it's crazy.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's those in between moments, isn't it? Like you said, like opening the car, setting up the tools, and yeah, it's. Well, I think they're worth documenting as well. So that definitely comes back to the it's so human, the, though. Um, you
1: know, I think that's why I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. We always yeah.
1: see this finished bag that's on a shop you know,
0: oh um, I know. that
1: we're gonna buy and then and we miss all the hands that have touched it before. And I think that's also why I would do social enterprise. Um Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. It's yeah, cool but- actually talking about this because I, I don't get to I did not think about it much. <laughs> <laughs> put
0: so. put me in a studio and I'm yeah. I feel a lot less free and I'm like, oh, I throughout UNA always struggled with the technical lighting of the studio and you know shooting in a controlled environment I mean I can do it like I've shot for Lana Jane and you know I can do it but I feel so much more comfortable outside being in the water and being a lot more free and raw and I'm like well I think I'm ready to let the people that nail the studio photography do their thing and I can nail being outside and being underwater
1: yeah Yeah. and people love it like
0: I've I've had um a lot of I've got a few good girlfriend photographers who absolutely love being in studio they're like I love the control environment like that's you know that's how I shoot I'm so comfortable in that area take me outside on location and I'm like oh no I don't like this at all so it's like totally it's so so interesting to see how um different people work um
1: it yeah. is. I know so many photographers like I, I work in Bondi at the moment just at a cafe and um, a few days a week and I've met so many photographers there and they all work in studio and I do feel really challenged to learn about lighting and key lighting and setting up um, shots for studio and there is a lot of work in that but I know that where I thrive is outdoors like I love yeah. natural light Yeah. and I I keep playing with the idea Kurt like if you want to be a photographer. You probably need to learn all those skills, you know you need to know how to use digi and you need to know how to like mm-hmm. do the, all the assistant stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't it doesn't bring me the life like it just doesn't and I, I
0: know yeah
1: it's hard, maybe you do need to put runs on the board in order to do the the biggest stuff, but then again, maybe my ignorance is like, oh I think I could actually make it doing daylight and doing ocean and doing fine art so
0: Exactly. And you've got your weddings there as well. Like you're saying before yeah. that attracts the right clientele. So the biggest thing with weddings is if you've got the right clientele for your brand, they love your aesthetic, then you can't go wrong. Like everything's going to sync up on the day the venue is going to be to your liking. Um, it'll all work out. Whereas I think at the very beginning stages of some wedding photographers career, I know mine, I was kind of shooting weddings that weren't syncing up to what my tastes and aesthetics were like. It wasn't quite aligning, and that made it harder for me to kind of capture the day because it wasn't um, it wasn't really congruent to what my values were. Yeah. So I think that the more you progress, your images pretty much will attract the right clientele that you, you need put to, out. Yeah,
1: you need to know what you value. You need to know what you want to say. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's so important. I think a lot of us, when we're younger, we follow we follow the money and we follow like the the opportunity. But when we can really own. Who we are, what we want to say, and the people we want to connect with—I think that's when our work really starts to shine. So,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, that's really cool. But very good um, advice
0: there, Kurt. Very well, good. thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> came here to interview you, not me. But you know, <laughs> <Kidding>. <laughs> I feel
0: more comfortable this way. This is good. I'm telling no, you. No, no. I well, that's no, what I was I'm saying. Sorry.
1: Like before we press record, it's it. I just want to have a chat, and I think this is where. Um, The true gold comes out when you just uh, open and you just want to learn from someone else's experience. It needs to be two Mm -hmm. ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, definitely. But I love to, I love to end each uh, podcast episode with five flash questions. So um, I'm just going to ask you five questions, five flash questions. They're just five (laughs) questions. They're probably not flash. Probably should stop saying flash because they're not quick, but I'm just going to, Throw them your way and we'll see what happens.
0: Instantly, I just had an image of a, um, a body boost and an arm for a synchro movement when you said five flash. I'm like...
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> and really? Like, so
0: continue. Yeah. That's, continue. The,
1: that's the best. <laughs> just memories. Um, <laughs> My first question is favourite film or series currently?
0: Favourite film is Life as a House. Have you heard sin with no. Hayden Christensen in it? um life life as a house life as a house it's super old school um it was probably made in the oh not super old school probably like early 90s yeah um okay i don't do i need to give her like a synopsis on it or i feel like you do
1: i'm like really intrigued just for me
0: (laughs) it's actually it's a really it's a really sad but touching story it's about um so hayden christensen is the son of um i can't sorry i don't remember their names but um, his dad is terminally ill with cancer, but not doesn't know it at the time. And they have a really, um, dysfunctional relationship cause they, his mum and dad split when he was younger. Anyway, he kind of meant his relationship with his dad and his dad has always wanted to build his house that has always been quite a beach shack in California and, um, throughout highs and lows they kind of come together and they kind of mends their relationship and they build this beautiful house I think it actually might be on the coast of Big Sur um wow. but yeah really lovely story and then at the end he passes but it's a really heartfelt movie and I've always loved it
1: oh well I love that you just knew and most people don't <laughs> yeah you know okay. so <laughs> okay, congratulations well, um, at the
0: moment, my favorite TV series is Emily in Paris because uh, it's super corny, super corny. But um, I've I've been invited to exhibit one of my pieces in a Paris exhibition next year, so I'm like, I love France as it is. So oh my gosh, I'm I that will that come. Moment.
1: I'll be your assistant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's so sad because of COVID. I don't. I think I they just want my they want my work, but not me, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's all right. So at the moment, I'm watching that very corny series but there you go
1: i love actually i loved emily in paris i actually been to watch yeah. it you know yeah but it is what it is i love probably paris. should have said go. that but yeah i love i love paris um yeah what's one book that's left a mark on you
0: um the alchemist i feel like everyone will say that but
1: i've never read it but everyone says that i need to read oh, it really? what am i doing do. yeah okay so yeah.
0: it's it's about um I don't want to give too much away, but it's about someone's a, young, um, a man's journey about finding more. He's on the search for more um, more in his life and at the end of the day kind of comes back and he, he already had what he needed without giving too much away.
1: Nice. I love the little synopsis we're getting. This is, this is quality. <laughs> yeah. um, what's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self?
0: Um enjoy every day the little moments
1: beautiful i love that what does uh becoming mean to you
0: um becoming uh, means to me growing into your best self always evolving um i don't think what each of us find ourselves, I feel we're always evolving and like you say, becoming, we're always finding, you know, um new ways of expressing ourselves, learning. Um whoever you meet, I feel it's always a good way to always bring them on your journey. Um I'm not one for closing doors on past experiences or relationships. So I feel yeah, becoming is bringing your past and you know, creating a um better self.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I that's that's kind of my version as well. So I, I love that. Yay! Yay.
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, just that idea that we never arrive. I guess that's why I, I started this podcast. You know, it's it's that exactly. process of like we're not going to arrive somewhere, and no, if we think we not. have, like you got to the Olympics, which is what I was kind of thinking about when I was you know about to interview you, is like you got to the peak of where people want to get to within that sphere, but mm-hmm. it still wasn't it. You know, so we no. still have to keep dreaming. And I guess that connects to my next question. Um, What are you dreaming about right now?
0: Paris.
1: (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, Paris. Literally,
0: Paris. Um, And also, uh, I don't know, like personal levels, obviously, just, um, yeah, looking for a home at the moment with my partner. Um, And then I've got some um, professional dreams as well, maybe going more into the show world but using project project projecting my imagery onto different surfaces but that's in the works and that's um that might be coming but integrating with my synchro work with the synchro shows too so yeah
1: that's so cool i love it it's always good to have have big dreams hey
0: yeah and like you said before it's like enjoy well what what i said before is like what would you tell your younger self enjoy every moment and the little moments because yeah once you reach your goal that isn't, yeah. You're you're always on the hunt for the next goal. So that's been one of my struggles, actually, to with my personal and professional um, life. Is once I reach something, I'm always looking for the next thing. So it's Same. been a huge learning process to enjoy each day and the little moments. Because if you don't do that, then what's what's the point?
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't get every day, you know. We do, but exactly for for exactly. many, it's it's that that gratitude and that like that's why i love waking up going for a swim you know yeah being thankful that mindfulness and yeah yeah yeah, exactly otherwise we're just we're just moving with the tide and that that's not really
0: yeah
1: being who we were made to be um but anyway (laughs) going deep here um but it was anything was there anything you'd like to leave us with um any thoughts
0: um oh that's 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 a hard one I think everything no matter what you want to do if you want to create more money if you want to um be better than the next person you're never going to get there you're never going to be happy unless you're truly um following your gut and um yeah creating what makes you happy and I think if you're doing the right thing with you and creating what you love, then you can't go wrong. But things do take time. I think a lot of, um, especially at the moment, I think everyone wants everything right now. So I think everything worth having is worth waiting for. And um, if it's meant to be, it'll be.
1: Everything worth having is worth waiting for. What a way to end that episode. And I loved talking to Frank. Frankie Francesca, she's such an incredible woman that is pursuing her talent, she's pursuing her vision and she's doing it because she loves it and I think that's what being an entrepreneur, that's what being a self-starter is all about. If you enjoyed today's episode, please jump on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, tell us what you learned and even just jump you on Instagram, screenshotting, sharing a post also helps people find us but I'm enjoying this I'm even preparing a solo episode for you at the moment, which I'm really excited about. So stay tuned and I will see you soon.